0: Welcome to THN On The O, the hockey news podcast about the Ontario Hockey League, brought to you by BetMGM. I am Ryan Kennedy, joined as always by Tony Ferrari, prospect writer and expert. And Tony, the season has just begun. We're going to preview the entire OHL today, and we're going to start off with your three stars of the week. Who'd you like on opening weekend?
1: Well, first, Ryan, welcome to the show. Brock was here last year. It was good to have him, but it's nice to have you as well. So it's going to be a fun year. And for the three stars this week, you got to start off with Jackson Dubois. He had seven points this week for Peterborough. Absolutely outstanding week. And as as an older player in the league, you kind of expect him to be really good. And he proved that. Whether or not he can stay at near the top of the scoring list, I don't think he's going to be a seven points every two games kind of guy. But, he should be up there. He's a guy that's going to be pivotal to see if Peter Bro can stay up there towards the top of the standings. Second star this week was go- uh, Mississauga goalie Ryerson Leinders. Really fantastic outing both times. He had allowed three goals in one game and had a shutout in the other. He was absolutely fantastic, and he's going to be really pivotal for Mississauga going forward. If he can kind of take that next step as a young goalie, 17-year-old this year, he's going to be a really, really fun player to watch, and Mississauga is going to be a feisty team. And as for the third star, I'm a draft guy. You're a draft guy. How could you not give it to Sam Dickinson? He had four points on the on the weekend. This kid's absolutely phenomenal. The fact that he's able to control the game at his age, the way he does, it's really really fun to watch. Uh, it, it was a good first weekend of the OHL. Indeed, and as
0: you pointed out, you know, two 2024 draft picks in that grouping, Leanders, you know, a, a goaltender in a crop that I don't think. We really have a lot of leads on yet. It, it really will be a meritocracy this year in terms of goalie prospects. And then Sam Dickinson, as you mentioned, a really good defenseman. What I've always liked about Dickinson so far in his career is that he's actually great defensively and kind of brings a different profile than a lot of the defensemen we've seen as top prospects before. You think of the sort of Kale McCarr mobile type, Sam Dickinson bit more of a throwback kind of a complete defenseman you know physical clears the crease but he does give you that offense as well so I agree with you I'm very intrigued uh by those two in particular for the draft and you know that leads in nicely to our our, we're going to do one question for each team in the league we'll start off with the western conference and hey let's start off with Sam Dickinson's London Knights after surprise finals
1: appearance last year can the Knights
0: dominate the West? What do you think,
1: Tony? I, I think they can. I think this team is the team to beat in the West and maybe the team to beat in the OHL. They've got such a loaded back end with Dickinson leading the way, as well as guys like Isaiah George. They, they've got such a good team back there. Oliver Bonk's back there. I know he's a big. you're a big fan of his. They've got that Kind of the the backbone of that team on that back end. They just traded for Michael Simpson, who was absolutely fantastic in the playoffs last year. He's going to have a big year for the London Knights this year. And then once they get Easton Cowan back, they're going to have that Twin Towers of Barky and Cowan up front. And they've got a ton of really good offensive talent as well. So I think they are the team to beat so far on the West. Uh, what do you like about them, Ryan?
0: Well, it's funny you referred to Barky and Cowan as twin towers since I I think they're both under six foot or close to it. But I get what you're saying because they are dynamic. And those two in the playoffs last year, playing with Ryan Winterton, I mean, they were absolutely dynamite. I think a big part of why Easton Cowan went as high as he did was how he ended the season. So, yeah, I I think scoring, not going to be a problem. And, yes, that defensive core with Dickinson, Bonk, George, that's a lot of talent. And what I do like is you get some different skill sets in there. I, yeah. It's interesting with Dickinson and Bonk, they're a little bit similar in the sense that they are both so good defensively. I almost wonder if Bonk becomes kind of a Jacob Slavin type of player where he's mobile, but he's very responsible and he's very smart. And, you know, he can get you some points, but that's not really his jam. And Isaiah George, probably one of the best skaters in the league, on the back end, he being a New York Islanders pick. So, you know, Isaiah George has always had a very intriguing game there. I would also agree, you know, Michael Simpson goaltending so crucial when you get to the playoffs. And what we've seen a lot lately, it's it's those veteran guys that get the job done. Now that segues nicely into our next team, the Memorial Cup hosts, the Saginaw Spirit, the team of Michael Misa, and much more. Do they have what it takes to be the actual OHL champs. Just how good will the spirit be, Tony?
1: They're going to be really good. I think they're young, and I think that's the fun thing about them is Zane Preek's going to obviously be a, a huge factor on the back end. They've got a guy like Michael Misa up front who's going to dictate offensively. And then in net, they've got Andrew Oak, and I think it's going to be interesting to see whether or not he's able to take that step and, and really take the reins in net. I think that Saginaw team... They've got talent up front. They've got speed. They play fast. they are going to be some mistakes, though, I think, along the way. I think they're going to be a team that we see grow over the year. They may not start off that hot. I think they're 1-1 and on opening weekend. But they're a team that I think they're going to pick up pace in the new year. They're going to really start to get hot towards the playoffs. And then they're going to be dangerous. And I think that's going to be the the real moment we're going to start to get to know who the Saginaw spirit really are because they are very, very young. They've got some exciting young talent who's going to be the guy to step up and be the guy behind Michael Misa, though? That's my biggest question.
0: Yeah. I mean, one player that really intrigued me, particularly at the world juniors last year is Matyas Chapovalov, uh, the Vegas golden Knights prospect. And again, you're looking at a guy that has a lot of experience has obviously been in the OHL uh, before, not like a big points producer, but maybe he's that two way guy that becomes very important down the line especially in the postseason because you know Misa's going to get his points and you know Zane Perec is going to get you points on the back end and be that you know offensive defenseman but Shapovalov to me he might be kind of a, a, an x-factor in a positive way I, I'm also as you mentioned Andrew Oak very intriguing in net. Is, is he the guy at the end of the year or do they maybe trade for somebody that's got a bit more of a uh, a track record in terms of success uh, because, at least at the international level, you know, playing for Team USA, he's always kind of been backup or third stringer. Uh, sometimes it's been a struggle for him. So that'll be intriguing. Speaking of a team that, you know, has a lot of intrigue, but kind of in a different way now, the Windsor Spitfires. You know, last year they had Matthew Maggio, the Islanders prospect, who absolutely lit up the league. He's gone now. Can they rely on their young guys? They've got a couple of 2024 draft prospects that are pretty intriguing down there.
1: Yeah. It's a really intriguing team because of the young guys, Liam Green tree, Anthony Christophe and even AJ Spellacy. I'll throw in there. I watched them this weekend. I went to their game against Guelph. The team struggled. I think some of their overagers aren't quite as good as what they've seen had in the past. I think the young guys were the best players though. And I think that's the, the really nice thing. I think, Liam Greentree is going to be their best player by season. Then if he's not already that now um, at one point in the season, I think uh, part way through the second game, he had factored in every goal that they scored so far in the year. He's a really, really intriguing talent. He has size. He has skill. His skating is really good. Once he gets going, he just kind of needs to work on that agility. Uh, Christoph Rose an undersized offensive defenseman. I think he's going to be really fun to watch all year. And then A.J. Spelsey, can he come back from that injury that he suffered late last year? He hurt his leg, and it's going to be interesting to see if he can get back because he's got a high motor on him. But they're the like I said, the overagers, the back end, I think there are some worries there. Guys like Oliver Pierre, I think should get their points, but it's the depth. Jacob Mayette, can he can produce and build on the season he had last year? Can Joey Costanzo build on the season he had as their goalie last year? He had a couple gaffes in the game I was at. Is that going to be a factor throughout the year? Because I know it was a factor last year. Consistency was a big issue. So it's a an intriguing team, but it's a definitely a team that can kind of end up being kind of towards the bottom at the end of the year if uh, their veterans can't do some things and they end up trading some guys out. Right.
0: And, you know, a, a great reminder at this point that junior hockey, it's all about that cycle. And, you know, we yeah. saw Windsor Spitfires team that went all in last year you know, trading for Shane Wright, and obviously, as we mentioned, you know, Matthew Maggio was massive for them. Obviously, those guys are gone, so you're going to expect them to take a step back, and that's not always the worst thing in the world. Maybe they get a very high pick, and they start to reload. Uh, Moving on to Owen Sound, and, uh, you know, this is a team, the first player you think of, obviously, Colby Barlow, the Winnipeg Jets' first rounder, How many goals can Colby Barlow score this year? We know he's good at it. And and how good can this veteran team be?
1: Well, he's a guy that towards the end of last year, I think he was so close to hitting 50. If he didn't get injured at the end of the year, I think he probably would have hit 50. So I think 50 is the benchmark for him. If he doesn't hit 50, it's going to be a little bit disappointing on him this year, barring injury. And I think he's the guy the guy that's going to lead that team in the OHL to a really good season. I think it's a – like you said, it's a veteran team. They've got some really good players in that squad. it It's going to be about can they get the offensive production. I think outside of Barlow, you have concerns, you have worries. Who's going to step up and be that guy? But I, I think there isn't a question that Barlow should get 50. Can he challenge 60? Can he challenge 65? Is he going to challenge for the OHL scoring lead in general? It's going to be really interesting because as as one of the youngest captains in the OHL, he's a very, very high motor, high energy, kind of takes pulls the team with him kind of player.
0: Right. And it feels like, at least in the past decade or so, the attack have been very good at just putting together complete teams without having necessarily huge names on their roster. I mean, shout out to their scouts for finding kids. They kind of fit into that system and, and produce well. And, you know, a, a guy like Colby Barlow is kind of the exception where obviously, you know, he was one of the best prospects in the, NA, in the OHL last year. Uh, I, I think we can probably just say he was the best OHL prospect. Um, but overall, they kind of find these kids that, that stick around and, and, and really contribute. So good on them there. On the other end of the spectrum, uh, a, a very exciting team this year. The Erie Otters, they have Matthew Schaefer, the first overall pick in the OHL draft, uh, an excellent young defenseman. And they also have uh, one of my favorites, Malcolm Spence, who won't be eligible for the NHL draft until 2025 because of his late birthday. What do you think of the young otters?
1: I, I think they could be the surprise team of the OHL, at least in the Western Conference. I think Matthew Schaefer is going to be a guy that I expect to come in and, and challenge 50 points in his first year as a rookie defender. Uh, Malcolm Spence, like you said, I think he's a guy that's going to really take a big step this year and in, in become an impact player. Like you said, he's not eligible until the 2025 draft as a late birthday. But, man, if we saw him at the Holinka. That's the goal he scored to win the gold. There's a lot of talent with with him. And in the young guys there, I think this Erie Otters team – they had, obviously, a, a down year last year, getting the first overall pick. I think they're going to be in the playoffs, and I don't think it's going to be as a 7 or 8 seed. I think it's going to be as a 5-6, kind of in that mushy middle, and maybe they get some some guys that upset. Maybe they, they can upset somebody a little bit off the standings. It, just out of that feistiness, just out of that almost young teams ignorant of the pressure of the playoffs go in there and maybe win a round and, and then get eliminated by a veteran team after that. But I, I think they're going to be a really surprising team this year.
0: Excellent. Carrie Terance as well. Uh, one of the yes, best skaters yes. in the OHL. So he'll help contribute there. Uh, we'll go over to the Guelph Storm now. Let's talk about depth. You know, they've got Michael Patra, they got Michael Buchinger. Uh, both NHL prospects. Poitra with the Bruins. Buchinger with the Blues. Um, can the Storm truly contend? What kind of year is this for Guelph?
1: It's... I think they're going to be similar to the Erie Otters in that they're going to contend. They're going to be in that mushy middle. Maybe they're in that, that five, six spot. But it's going to be about, can guys like Braden Bowman really produce? Is, is a guy like Gavin Gretner going to be that depth that you need? Matthew Poitras is going to be outstanding for that team. He's going to challenge for the league lead in scoring, I think. And they're going to get that that kind of production. But It really is about that depth, that blue line behind Michael Bussinger. Is he going to be, is is that going to work out? Brayden Hislop, he was fantastic in Windsor the other night. He was just murdering guys in front of the net. He's an absolute monster in that regard. But do they have the offensive firepower? And that's going to be, that's my question up and down this lineup because they seem to be sound defensively. They find goals, but they don't really have a guy that's just going to take over a game outside of Cuatres. So, that's my biggest question for this team. It probably puts them in the playoffs. How far do they go, though? That's going to be kind of my question going forward.
0: Right. And, yes, Matthew Poitras, not Michael. My apologies there. Yeah. I will say Poitras, very impressive at the uh, Buffalo Rookie Challenge playing for uh, the Boston Bruins kids. So, nice little start there. I'm also very interested, Cam Allen, who had a, a very yes. up-and-down draft year, uh, but now clean slate once again, see what he can do. Speaking of defensemen, let's move over to the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. And here's the team where they've got some strong blue liners, but do they have the firepower? How are we feeling about the Hounds?
1: That back end is really good. I think R2 Karki is going to be a really fun player to watch in the OHL this year. Uh, Andrew Gibson, the Red Wings prospect, the guy drafted this this past uh, June in Nashville, is going to be really fantastic for them. And Kirill uh the, the, the Canucks prospect, really, really good back end, I think, with this team. that They're built from the back end out. Jack Beck is going to be really good, I think, offensively. I don't think there's a question about that. Is a guy like Owen Allard, is a guy like Alex Kostov going to be able to produce a little bit and really get this team to, to have the offense to match that defense? Because I don't think they're going to allow a ton of goals and they're going to have guys on that back end that are able to move the puck up ice. It's just going to be about whether or not they can get to the back of the net and find that back of the net because they have all of the back end that you want. They got the depth there. They can run four guys out there for 20, 25 minutes each. It, it's going to really be about uh, the offensive production for them.
0: Yeah. And keep in mind, you mentioned Andrew Gibson. He missed a big chunk of time last yeah. year due to injury. So you figure you get a full season of Gibson. You know, how does that affect things? And also, the Hounds have my favorite rookie, Brady Martin, just a one man wrecking. Out there, he can do it all. He scores goals. I'm very intrigued to see what his rookie OHL season will be like. Uh, Moving over to the Kitchener Rangers, up and down season last year. uh, I was talking to Philip Mesar, who played for the Rangers last year. I was talking to Philip Mesar, the Montreal Canadiens prospect, a few weeks ago, and he was saying, "Hey, we had a great team, you know, great people and everything. For whatever reason, it just didn't translate on the ice." Now. Come playoffs, they had a nice little upset in the first round there. But can they fa- find the magic that they were hoping to have all year last year, this year?
1: I think, unfortunately, maybe not. I think they've got so, so many of those guys that have left the, the team now. You mentioned Mace, sorry he's going to be in the AHL. penelli has gone now. They, they kind of went all in, and it never quite fit. They played a fantastic series against Windsor. Uh, I witnessed two of the games myself in person. It wasn't pretty for Windsor. And, and they seemed like they finally came together at the right time. They weren't able to make too deep of a run, but they really finally came together and looked like the team we all thought they were going to be throughout the year because it oftentimes seemed like you had three parts of a puzzle, and they would have been a great puzzle if you had the other pieces. But all the pieces were from different puzzles, and that team just never fully meshed. So I I think this year it's going to be interesting because Hunter Perstevich is still there. He's going to be fantastic to watch. Matthew Andronowski is going to be really fun to watch as well at the Sens prospect. And then they've got Carson Raycrop, who who was absolutely fantastic last year. He was one of these guys that I'd watch him on a good night, and I'd be like, man, that's a first-round pick. And then you'd watch him other nights, and you're like, that's why he might not go in the first round. The inconsistency was kind of rampant in this team last year. I remember one game I watched him score four goals, and the four goals were absolutely fantastic goals, uh, game-breaker-style goals. But then the rest of the game, he was kind of floating around, not doing a whole lot. So it's it was kind of that up and down. Can he find that consistency this year? Because I think if he does, he can kind of make up for some of those losses, the veteran guys.
0: Right. And Raykoff, of course, a second-rounder of the Seattle Kraken, so obviously Seattle was hoping for more of the boom and less of the bust when it comes to Raykoff. because you're right. I mean, the size and the skill combined, it's a pretty tantalizing package he has there. Uh, Now we've got a couple more teams in the West. The Flint Firebirds, you know, they've kind of been up there for a couple of years. Feels like maybe they're sliding down the ranks. It might be more of a rebuild year. What do you think about the Firebirds?
1: Yeah, this is a team that I think you like some of their players. I think Ethan Hayes is a really good player. Tristan Bertucci, fun, fun guy. I talked to him at the draft. He talked about how much he just kind of grew out last year in terms of confidence. Once you kind of get into the OHL, you play over 100 games. That's when you really start to figure out what kind of player you are at the level. And you saw his, his game grow over the year last year. The rest of this team, like you said, it's a rebuild year. I think... They've done so well over the last three or four years of just being a competitive team, being a really fun team to watch and and being a dangerous team every year, kind of over the last three, three years, people were like, this might be the team. That's a sneaky pick to be the OHL champions. They never got there, but they've always been really good. Now that kind of a lot of their older guys have moved on, they're starting to kind of get that younger group in and they're starting to rebuild. They're starting to accumulate more draft picks. It's going to be a rebuild year. I think they're going to be a team that can rebuild pretty fast and pretty quickly because they've, they've shown to be capable of it in the the past.
0: Indeed. And Tristan Bertucci, the Dallas stars pick from 2023, certainly a defenseman who got better as the year went on. So if he continues that ascension, then you're right, Tony He's going to be quite something to watch there. Uh, I'll finish up the West across the border with the Sarnia sting. Now, they lost their top six scorers over the summer. So who is going to be this team's driver?
1: Sandusville-Manus? That's kind of the guy that you look to on this team. I think they, there's a lot of guys on that team where you're like, I don't know what you are yet. And I think that's the big question is <laughs> who, who is going to take over this team? Because you had guys like Ty Boyd, Uh, uh There's a lot of offensive firepower. Losing your top six scorers, Never really a good thing. I think we can all agree on that one. Um, one. But I think they're they're in a similar boat to the the Flint Firebirds. where It's a rebuild year. They've got to kind of get back to getting those young talents into that team and and getting back to that competitive nature. It's going to be a couple years, but I think they have some young, exciting players coming up. It it just might be a a bit of a tough year this year.
0: Indeed. And Vilmanis, we'll probably see him at the World Juniors uh, with Latvia. Another interesting import for the Sting, Roman Kukenberg Jr. Uh, for those who may or may not remember, Roman Kukenberg Sr. was a Toronto Maple Leafs draft pick. Played one year with the Marlies, uh, then went back to Europe. So his son is over there. I feel between him and Vilmanis, it's going to be some solid two-way play. I don't know how many points they're going to get for the Sting, but you know, at least you'll, you'll get some hardworking uh, kids there. Uh, so that's it for the West. So Tony, who's your pick to come out of the West when the playoff bracket finally uh, gets determined?
1: It. I feel like the obvious one is London. I think they do have such a solid team from top to bottom at all three levels, forward, defense, and in net. So I think they're they're going to be my pick. But I, I think Owen Sound Attack are still going to be feisty enough that they can challenge them. I think they're going to be an interesting team as as well maybe Mississauga, but it, or sorry. um uh Saginaw. It, mm. It's gonna be fun. There's a lot of young teams in this division, a lot of teams at the bottom kind of trying to figure out who's gonna make way on their roster. But I think London's the, the clear favorite in this this conference so far.
0: Right on. I'm gonna be boring, and I'm gonna say London too. Uh for me, the kind of sealer was Michael Simpson. Uh getting that veteran in net, you know, going through the OHL playoffs. And I'm, I'm taking off my NHL prospect bias for this because I've just seen it too many times where if you have a solid OHL veteran goaltender, they can really take you a long way. doesn't matter what they do after the OHL. You know, they can get you that title. And I, in a weird way, I almost feel like Saginaw is better positioned to win the Memorial Cup
1: because
0: yeah. it's kind of a shorter, weirder tournament where, you know, you could have somebody like Michael Misa go off and be that difference maker in the two or three games you need them to. Uh, but in terms of an actual winning, you know, winning all those seven game series to get out of the West, I'll go with the London Knights. And that means we shall turn our attention to the East. We'll start with the Barry Colts. We're loaded with bows, Bo Gelsma, Bo Aki, Cole Baudouin. Can they lead this team to the top of the conference? What do you think of the Colts who also have, edward chalet the seattle kraken first rounder
1: yeah i think i think this team is gonna come in as a favorite to to win this conference right now like you said they have edward chalet who has been really fun to watch he scored that highlight real goal the other day as well i think it was all over twitter but the bows are going to be really important Bo key is a really fun prospect i think last year we saw him take a step back when when uh brent clark came back and this year, he's going to be able to take step take a step forward and be that guy again on that back end. I think it's going to be really interesting. Bo Gelsma is a veteran in this league. He's a really important player for this team. He's going to be really fun to watch. I think he's going to be one of those guys that are sneaky up there on the scoring le- leaders board at the end of the year, and you're going to go, really, Bo Gelsma? He, uh, he finally did the thing and, and got there. And It's just going to be that veteran presence. He's, he's been around this league long enough. He kind of knows the ins and outs of things. And then Cole Baldwin is going to be really important for this team. A guy that plays down the middle. It's going to be interesting to see how his offensive game comes this year. And that's going to be the big key for him. This Erie team is really, really fun to watch though. I think they're going to be a, a very, very good team this year. Or Barry team, sorry.
0: Yes. And Bodin, a lot of good size for him. And as you mentioned, he is a center. So I think he's going to be pretty tantalized for the 2024 draft. And then of course, as I mentioned, Edward Chalet, he's going to play a big role uh, once again, for the Czech World Junior team, uh, I thought he was pretty good as an underager last year. And Chalet is Seattle. And then moving on to the Sudbury Wolves, who we believe will probably be led by another Seattle pick, David Goyette. Uh, high-scoring guy. Can he lead the Wolves to a conference title?
1: Not only do I think he can lead the Wolves to a conference title, I think he can lead himself to a conference, or to the league scoring title. I've been Mm -hmm. a big David Goyette fan for a few years now. I think he's a guy that finally has everything going for him. He's, in my opinion, one of the best pure playmakers in the OHL, and last year he potted over 40 goals as well. So if he can kind of match that goal total, pump it up a little bit more being a veteran, and just continue the the playmaking he has, I I think he's going to be a really, really intriguing player. They've got guys like Evan Konyan, Kokadelic. They've got a lot of guys around them now. This team is starting to really build up even going down going down the roster you guys got, you got guys like Jacob Kromiak who's going to come into his own this year. I think he's gonna be really important on the back end. Uh, Kieran Walton, uh, Ryan Price, there's a lot of guys on this team that I think are, are going to play underrated roles that you may not hear their name they may not be top end draft prospects, but they're really good junior players and I think Sudbury's done a really good job of combining or um, constructing a really good junior squad.
0: indeed. And Quentin Musty, I guess, still uh, hang on with San Jose's camp as we record this. But Quentin Musty was obviously a huge driver yeah. for them last year as well.
1: Yeah, and if he comes back, it's going to be game over. He's, they're going to come, kind of be that team to beat, and in, in right up there with with Barry.
0: Indeed, uh, another team that's been at the top a lot lately, the Ottawa Sixty Sevens, and uh, big, you know, some big turnover. But they have a couple of very intriguing defensemen both up for the 2024 draft. Henry Muse, one of my personal favorites, and Frankie Morelli. What do we think about the 67s and, and what those two can do for them in their draft year?
1: Like Henry Mews, like you said, he's one of your favorites. He's one of mine as well. He There's so many things he does well. He's played such a mature game and he has that puck moving and skating ability that you look for in a difference maker as a defenseman. Luke Morelli is going to be a guy that I think you're going to watch develop over the year. But I think this is a team that can still be in the fight. I don't think they're going to be at the top of the standings as they were last year. I think even last year it surprised some of the, the Ottawa 67s that they were right up at the top of the standings. I think it was 13 or 14 games they opened the season on, on a winning streak with. It's going to be interesting to see how some of these young guys come up. Luca Pinelli was one of my favorite prospects in the OHL last year. He's going to be really important now that he's the captain. Guys like uh, Christopher Barlas, uh, Henry Muse, who we've already mentioned, Cooper Foster, another guy, Brady Stonehouse. They've got a lot of guys that can play those really good junior roles. And like I mentioned with Sudbury, they they've constructed a team that is going to be very effective against junior competition, a hard to play against team, and they have that skill blended in there as well.
0: Indeed. Uh, Brady Stonehouse. I remember talking to people last year, you know, he had gone undrafted. And then of course he got drafted this summer, but just one of those guys that's an absolute pain to play against. So nice to have, nice to have him on your side. If you're the 67s and uh, one team that they're probably going to have to stare down at one point or another, the North Bay battalion, they've got possibly the top goalie in the NH in the OHL and Dom DeVicentis, the Winnipeg Jets prospect and one of the top defenders in Ty Nelson, the Seattle Kraken draft pick. So where does that lead the battalion? Are they, are they top three in the East? How much do we like North Bay?
1: I, I think they're going to be really, really good. They've still got guys like Dalen, Dalen Wakeley and in, in, uh, Owen Van Stainsel, who's going to be really important this year. Like you said, when you have Ty Nelson, when you have Dom DiVincentis, you have a good backbone. I think – Dom DiVincenzo was the goalie of the year in the OHL last year for a reason, and I think he's going to have a shot of being the goalie of the year again this year. He's one of the best goalies in the OHL, and there's a reason for it. He's absolutely dominant in, in the junior game. I think he's fantastic. He's got size. He's got athletic ability. He moves quite well, and he's done a really good job of just kind of calming things down when things get chaotic for North Bay here. Ty Nelson's finally going to be able to take that step and be that true offensive play driver. We've seen flashes of it over the last couple of years. He really kind of came into his own last year. Can this year be the year that he really dominates the OHL? And then they've got a lot of good veterans. I think that's the other thing with this team. I think they're going to be really good. I think they they have a shot at being a top three team in the the East. Right on. I also wonder,
0: too, ultimately, does DiVincenzo become Canada's goalie at the World Juniors? I mean, goaltending has been all over the place for Canada in recent years where – They'll invite certain guys to the summer camp and then have two completely different starters by the time the tournament comes in. But I just feel like with the tools he has, sure, he wasn't like a super high NHL pick, but with his progression, I wonder if ultimately he's the guy. I guess you got Carson Bjarnason out west as well that would be an option, but I wouldn't be surprised if DeVincentes at least gets a, a shot at it. Uh, so I mean that'll be interesting to see there. Uh, we mentioned... Another goalie, Ryerson Leanders, earlier in the show with Mississauga. So let's talk about the Steelheads. Uh, They've got a nice young goalie there. Uh, But there's some really great young players on this Steelhead squad. Who do you think stands up and asserts themselves as a leader? I know my pick is Porter Martone, uh, who is not eligible for the draft until 2025. Uh, But he came over via trade from Sarnia last year and i just love this kid because he is belligerent in all the best ways and uh i I liked him at the linker gretzky this summer as well but what do you think tony
1: yeah i think porter martone's the highlight name there he's an absolutely fantastic player like you said he's got that that truculence that pugnacity that that teams love in the nhl i think he's gonna be a guy that's just a a nightmare to play against but then i think you look up and down this roster i think luke meese is a really good player i You Obviously, everyone knows about his brother, Michael Misa, but Luke Reese is a good player in his own right, and I think he's going to be a guy to watch so far in the er early going of the NHL season. He's got five points in two games already. Angus Angus McDonald's a a really good veteran player. Dallas Stars prospect. He's going to be really fantastic this year. Parker Von Richter, Xander Vecchia. They've got a lot of good young players. Jack Van Bolsen's another really good young player. Adam Zedlicki. You go up and down this roster, and they have a lot of guys – that have potential to really pop off this year. So it, even if not all of them do, they're going to likely get a few guys that really take big steps this year. The biggest question for me, though, is can that tandem of young goalies and, and Ryerson Lienders and Jack Ivankovic really take this team that far? There, It's a 16- and 17-year-old goalie. Lienders obviously had a fantastic opening weekend. He had a solid rookie year in the OHL last year. It's really tough to lean on the 16- and 17-year-old goaltenders from tandem for the entire length of the year, though.
0: Very much so. And I do wonder, you know, in the grand scheme of things, if you look at this Mississauga team, like, this is not supposed to be their year. This is like, you know, the year where they get all that great experience and, you know, they lean on leanders, but Ivankovic gets some start, obviously – You know, he is tremendous upside. He was a first-round OHL pick as a goaltender. And, you know, I saw him at the OHL Cup. I mean, the the kid's got some definite potential there. Uh, And guys like Martone and Van Volsen, it it feels like this will be like a learning year uh, for them. Moving on to Kingston, um, probably going to be some lessons in Kingston this year. I don't know how good the fronts will be. But Paul Lewinsky, the Chicago Blackhawks second-rounder, How good can Paul Ludwinski be at 100%, Tony?
1: That's the big question. He's been injured the last few years. He's had injury issues over the last couple. I think he's a very, very good two-way center. I think he's a very smart player. He's always shown intelligence. He's a quick player. Um, I think he can be an 80, 90-point guy if he's fully healthy for a full year. The problem is, is will he? He's got guys like Ethan Miedema, uh, Matthew Soto around him now, even Liam Hemstrom. There's a lot of talent on this team that is going to get an opportunity because the whole depth of talent is not really there. Like you said, it's going to be a trying year for this Kingston Frontenac squad. A guy like Ethan Miedema, a guy like uh, Jacob Taglia, they're going to get opportunities. Can Paul Ludwinski be the leader, be that veteran presence that drags some of these guys along, that pulls them to a playoff berth? I don't know if they're going to get all that high in in the seating. But can they be that feisty six or seven seed or maybe even an eight seed that challenges the number one, two or three seed? It's going to be interesting because this is very much a rebuilding year, but they've gotten some young players. They've gotten some prospects. They're building up again. It's just not going to be this year or maybe even next for them.
0: Fair enough. And meeting the Buffalo Sabres prospect, uh, I saw him at the rookie challenge and I I see it like I, I can see the upside because he's got that size. And that frame. And I know he had an up and down draft year, but obviously, you know, he'll have a lot of uh, room to grow in Kingston. And uh, if we go down the highway a bit to Oshawa, the Oshawa Generals, uh, great second half for the Gens last year. Are they ready to turn the keys over to the kids? Obviously, Cal Ritchie, the Colorado Avalanche prospect is the big name on the Gens. But what do you think the the sort of ceiling is for Oshawa this year?
1: I think they can going to be a feisty young team. I don't think they're going to be a super competitive team in terms of being high in the standings, but in, an, in a 10-team conference, eight teams make the playoffs. I expect them to be a playoff team again like they were last year. Callum Richie needs to get healthy. He needs to get back in the lineup, and he can be a difference maker. I think Beckett Seneke is going to be a really fun player to watch. A guy like Dylan Rubrick was drafted by the Rangers. He can be a leader on this team. He can be a guy that gives some of that veteran presence. Even going down the... The list: Rasmus Kupalainen is going to be a really good one-two punch with, with, uh, with Cal Ritchie when he gets back in the lineup. It's going to be interesting to see if guys like Danford, Morelli can step up on the back end. Owen Griffin's going to be a really interesting young player for this team as well. Where does he slot in? How high can he kind of work his way at the lineup? Does he move to the? Does he stick on the wing all year? It's going to be interesting to see because there's there's some young emerging talent in this team, but they're still a year away from being a year away. I think.
0: Fair enough. And Seneki, potential first round pick in the 2024 NHL draft. If he has a good season, he certainly has a lot of upside there. So it will be fun to watch the Gens, whether or not they're super competitive. We'll have to see. Um, technically, the newest team in the OHL uh, because they moved. They were the Hamilton Bulldogs. Now they are the Brantford Bulldogs, home of Wayne Gretzky. Um what do you think of the Bulldogs' chances this year? Is the move going to
1: throw them off? Like, how
0: how competitive will they
1: be? They've had an entire summer to kind of digest the move. They, they, they're they not in the same environment they were in last year. I think guys like Nick Lardis, and, they're still going to be able to make some noise. Jordan Donovan's going to be a veteran presence on that back end. Cole Brown's going to be a good player for them. Patrick Thomas is still a really, really good player. It's going to be a a weird year for them i think i think you're gonna see stretches of them playing really really well i think you're gonna see stretches of them really struggling i think at the end of the day this isn't a team built for this year uh, but they do have some really good players could they be one of those teams that are really intriguing at the trade deadline with a, with a guy like lardis or even a jake o'brien or someone that they're willing to trade a florian jack guy, could he be on the trade block kind of towards the mm-hmm. trade deadline for the ohl they could end up being basically a, a picking grounds for some of the more competitive teams in the OHL. So it's going to be really important for some of these guys to have really good starts. Moving's always tough, but they've got a good spot in Branford, I think.
0: Yeah, and Ironically, Nick Lardis really made his case for the draft after he was traded. Uh, so kind of funny there. And obviously he's a Chicago Blackhawks pick. Um, got a couple more here in the East, the Peterborough Peets. The reigning OHL champs, but as we mentioned before, the cycle of junior hockey kind of says that you're not going to be at the top forever. So what do the Pete's look like a year later, missing so many components that made them so good last year?
1: Well, they had a very hot weekend. Like we said, Jack Subba had the the scoring weekend of his life with seven points in two games. Uh, Jonathan Mealy was right there with him with five points. I think it's going to be an interesting year. This is a team that still has some talent. Uh, Connor Lockhart's on this team. Cam Gouvreau. They've got guys that have experienced the OHL, have played well in the OHL, and have won in the OHL. But it's still a team that they're going to be struggling, I think. I think this is another team that, depending on how the year goes, uh, doesn't Owen Beck, does a Connor Smith end up on the, as a trade piece? Do they try to start to recoup some of the assets that they gave up in the last couple of years to compete? And really get that team going for the 2025 year, 2026 year. Because that's what we see, like you said, junior hockey cyclical. It's gonna be interesting. They already made a trade this year. They sent out Michael Simpson, the playoff OHL, the OHL playoff MVP. And they, they got back Zachary Bowen, the, the London Knights goaltender, who had a good good game. He had a good year last year as well. I think he can be a piece for the for the future, but I think the future is uh where this team's gonna be focused on.
0: Yeah, and Owen Beck, uh, obviously the Montreal Canadiens draft pick, he feels like that archetypal plays at the World Juniors, and then as soon as that tournament's over, his rights are traded to whichever contender is willing to give up, you know, twelve draft prospects uh, yeah. or twelve draft picks from now until the year two thousand and twenty nine. So I totally agree with you there. Uh, the last team in the East the Niagara ice dogs. And unfortunately it feels like we've talked about the off ice with the ice dogs a lot more than the on ice. They've had some brutal ownership issues uh, in terms of meddling and the OHL having to step in. Uh, Can they simply find some stability? We know this is not going to be a great year for the ice dogs, but can they at least get on the right track?
1: I think that's the question, right? I think last year the question was always this team has made more trades than anybody else in the OHL by a significant margin over the last 18 to 24 months. Can they just get a team that's going to play together on the ice for a little while? They've got a guy like Dylan Rubick – or Ryan Rubick, sorry, who's going to be a young pivotal piece for this team moving forward, a power forward who has a big shot – can he be the building block that provides some stability for this team now? Now that they've dealt with a lot of the off-ice issues, like you would mentioned, the, the owner's suspended, they brought in guys to be advisors, this team just needs to breathe for a minute. Like you said, it's not going to be a great year for the Ice Dogs, but can they just be a normal hockey team for a year? Right. They kind of feel like the Ottawa Senators of the OHL when the Ottawa Senators were going through all that stuff three, four, five years ago, and now we've seen the Ottawa Senators stabilize and get things on the right track, and they're going to be a really fun competitive team this year in the NHL. Can the Niagara Ice Dogs replicate that, get on a similar path, and just calm things down? Don't be in the storyline. Don't be in the headlines every week for something off the ice. Do some fun stuff on the ice. Be a feisty team. Upset some big contenders, and just work on the the on-ice product because they have some pieces here. It's just about keeping them.
0: Indeed. All right. So, Tony, who you got coming out of the Eastern Conference?
1: This is a this is a fun one. I think there's a couple of teams. There's three teams at the top. I think that all could be answers. My team's the Sudbury Wolves. I have a lot of faith in David Goyette this year. I have a lot of faith in that depth. And like I said earlier, if quentin Musty comes back, he's fully healthy. He really starts to make the impact that we saw him make in the second half of last year after he recovered from mononucleosis. I think this team could be absolutely terrifying. I think they'll be the team to come out of the the East, and they could be one of the only teams that challenge London in the OHL Cup Final. Intriguing.
0: As uh, somebody who's been friends with Ken Campbell for years, Ken Campbell, obviously native of Sudbury. He's in the Sudbury Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, I just, I don't know about the Wolves. Something always happens where it doesn't happen. So I'm going to stick up north. I'm going to go to North Bay. I think the combination of talent they have there can can get them out of the East. Uh, I'm a big Dalen Wakeley fan. You mentioned him when we were talking about the battalion. Uh, but I feel that that kid's got like a lot of potential that uh, still needs to be seen by others. I think it's there. If he has a big year, that'd be great for him. it will obviously be great for North Bay as well. So I'm going to say North Bay. I, I'm kind of feeling Barry as well because they always seem to – be in the mix but ultimately who's your ohl champion
1: i'm gonna go with the hot take here despite the fact that they always have something go wrong and i'm gonna say the sudbury wolves i think they take down the london All knights right. in the final i think it's gonna be a really competitive final and i think Quentin musty and david goyette are, are going to be enough to lead them to that
0: right on i will side with the New York Yankees of the OHL, the London Knights, (laughs) I think they're going to get it done because they're just that machine that constantly brings up players and develops them the right way. They've got the talent and they've got it at different positions. So I'm going to go with London. Uh, I will apologize to the rest of the league because I know that's not popular, (laughs) but I just got to be real. Uh, That's it for our OHL preview. This has been THN On the O brought to you by Bet NGM. I am Ryan Kennedy. That is Tony Ferrari. Thank you so much for joining us.